for listening to the Pay Chen Show on In-Depth Radio, News Talk 1010. Hey, thanks for tuning in tonight. I'm Pei Chen with you until 9 p.m. Uh, Vinny is back, so he will be here popping in at the end of the show. We'll talk about his travels a little bit. Uh, also, my travels, I'm heading back to Halifax on uh, Tuesday. So for those of you who write in and, and say that you uh, enjoy hearing about my parents, those some of you write in and say you don't, too. So that's fine. You can have your opinion. Uh, but I will be in Halifax for a week visiting the folks. So if you want to follow along with the adventures, you can, of course, on Twitter at Pei Chen. You can find me on Facebook as well. And Instagram, very easy to find. Um, coming up later on the show, I really encourage you to, to stay tuned. I do that every week, but for this reason, I think you really should listen. Um, if you love shrimp, like a lot of people do, it's just one of those sort of like quick and easy foods. It's delicious. It tastes great in pasta with cocktail sauce. It always kind of makes a dish seem fancy because you can tell someone that you have a salad, but then when you add shrimp to it, suddenly it's like luxurious. Same with a bowl of pasta or like a stir fry. Like this is some vegetables, but it has shrimp and then they can charge you $20 more. Uh, anyway, I have uh, Corey Mintz in studio and he's going to stick around because later in the show, we're going to talk about this great story that he wrote for uh, Toronto Life online. And Corey, of course, is a food writer and uh, columnist with the Toronto Star. And uh, Dan Donovan from Hooked Inc., which is a sustainable seafood shop, he's going to pop in as well. And we'll tell you about uh, some of the, the dirty history and the story behind the shrimp that you're probably eating and buying and, uh, and why you should know this and also how you can make better choices and uh, better decisions for you and your family down the road. So as I mentioned, Corey is in studio with me right now, along with uh, Ennis Esmer. Ennis, of course, has been on the show as well. Welcome back, guys. It's kind of like a little reunion. So it's Ennis nice. is a, a film and television actor, so currently shooting Dark Matter, which is a new series. And so Dark Matter, is a, it's a sci-fi series. Correct. Right? Yeah. Yeah, I play like a creepy space pirate for a couple episodes. Your voice is creepy right now. Yeah, it is. It sounds a little robotic, too, through the microphone. I was at the Raptor game last night, screaming my or yesterday, and? screaming my head off. It's been through some serious sports trauma. It was rough. It was like uh, two and a half hours of the opposite of therapy. It was rough. <laughs> and also, congrats, because you will be shooting uh, another series in a couple of months, right? Yeah, I'm shooting a series called uh, Red Oaks for Amazon. You know, they, they make their own shows like... Oh, the way stop, Netflix Corey. does? The way Netflix does, that's sort yeah. of that template their business model as well we shot a pilot last summer and it got ordered for a full series so i'll be playing um a philandering chain smoking tennis pro in Whoa. 1985 new jersey well i do follow you on instagram and oh i know that um yeah you say that was like it was like wow <laughs> no, I'm fly- it's great but i do remember you uh putting up photos in like white Snug shorts. Yeah, short shorts. That that's standard uh, standard issue. Stan Smith's white shorts, uh, white shirt, gold print. You know, it was a, it was a good look back then. So we can look forward to that in the in the coming year. Absolutely. I Hopefully, I think I would assume it would be online at some point, but in the uh, in the next calendar year. Okay. Yeah. And then uh, and then as I mentioned, Corey of course is here. Corey who hosts dinner parties for a living. So you have been on the show a couple of times as well. Welcome back. Thanks for having me, Bay. You are, the first time you came on the show, you wore a shirt that said, uh, I'm trying to remember what it, it was related to Rob Ford. I'm going to tell you right now, I have no memory of that. <laughs> you're so stoic okay. out here, Corey. It's just so, <laughs> mm, like My a rock. voice is just naturally like this. Yeah, it's But very I was nice. also yelling last night. Yeah. At what? Uh, because I went to a restaurant and it was loud because the young people, you know, they like the, the hip hop the... music and it's oh. a 
was sitting as far from my friends as I am right now from you. Not you're not my friend. Yeah. But I was screaming, Thanks. and I was very happy to go home and go to bed at ten thirty p.m. Um, we're sitting thirty yards away from each other <laughs> yeah, right now. By the way, <laughs> yeah, it's it was like a restaurant, big studio so dinner table in Batman. Uh, did you enjoy the dinner or no? I had a great meal last night. It was good it food. Was, it was fantastic. Can you tell us where it was? It was at a, a little uh, taqueria called La Carnita. Oh, mm. I enjoy that on College Street. It is loud in there. It's very, you know who it is. You know what I'm talking it's about. Bustling. With the young it's bustling. It's bustling. It's full of young people. It's a party. Young people. They like the rock and roll. They like their parties. Uh, let them have their fun. And let them what have are their you, tacos. Like 80? <laughs> I'm 39. It's good. Soon to be 40, by the way. I hope you both come to my. I'm having a 40th birthday party. Is it? When Mazels. is your birthday? It is uh, May. 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 Early May. Yeah, it's in the early May area. I can't make it. I'm I know sorry. you're up busy. Yeah. No, I, I'm, I'm not busy. I just don't want to go. Fair enough. <laughs> it's not. It's going to have showbiz people at it. Nah. Like. Right. <laughs> you're hurting your Well, own it was going to be Ennis Esmer, but now he's not going, so there's yeah, no showbiz. If you, you. if you could take me off the press release, that'd be great. <laughs> You know, yeah. McDonald's used to say local celebrities are going to be helping out behind the counter. Yeah, I was pu- I was pushing you. Oh, the you want me to work for you? Party. How dare you? Well, You're supposed to cater the, the his birthday party. Let's invite everyone listening. To... I'm catering my nacho birthday party. Is it nachos? Uh four courses of nachos. All every every hour on the hour, a different course of nachos. Can you? I don't understand that. There's going to be a nachos, but with different toppings. Uh, and well, I the pasta. standard nachos I think of have like cheese what are your standard and, nachos? I don't know cheese and jalapenos I love and it. onions Keep going. and olives Salsa? and tomatoes. So sure. what are how different? Well, you are got the other different ones? kinds of cheese. You got cheddar, Monterey Jack, cotilla, mm-hmm. queso fresco. Ooh. I'm gonna do one with roast pork, one with chicken oh. tinga, one just for the vegetarians. I got a Dorito casserole at nine o'clock. Oh what? my god! And I got uh, a friend of the column, friend IRL, Jesse Brand, who's pushing me to make a. Uh, I don't know if I'm pronouncing this uh, chilaquilas or chilaquilas. 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 You're from what LA. What is that? It's uh, uh, it's 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 a it's a corn tortilla concoction. It's fantastic. It's Make got corn eggs. and stuff wow. and cheese in it. Yeah. That's what you need to eggs know. and cheese and yeah, but you it's could good interpret stuff. it as a variation of a nacho. Yeah, it's another delivery system for tortillas. Exactly. Corn tortillas. Yeah. Which, if you're doing different nacho courses, why not go for that one? I didn't know. I just didn't think of there being so many variations on nachos. People love nachos. And People if you can do find love nachos. A way to give them more nachos. And it's there's true. no better way to celebrate a 40th birthday. Is it your 40th? It'll be my 40th, and I haven't celebrated my birthday for over 10 years. Mm-hmm. And uh, Patton Oswald says you're allowed to celebrate your 40th birthday. So. And then after that, no more. No, I get another one at 50 and so no, okay, on. You got to go decades. Years? Yeah, that's yeah. true. I All had right. a 35th birthday. Yeah. I might have a 40th. Basically after childhood. Yeah. Don't be a baby. Every 10 years you can make a big one. No, I go like birthday month, you guys. I go birthday month. Oh, those birthday month people drive me nuts. Oh, my God. We count down all the years. <laughs> all the things we're going to do for my birthday month. And yeah, everyone, absolutely. it's okay to take me out on my birthday month and, people, and give me gifts for my birthday month. I it's like amazing. your bridal, bridal shower accent. Isn't that fun? <laughs> Let's have a fun month of my birthdays coming up. That's I'm going to be 34. Isn't that unique? Thirty-four is great. Uh, just oh, yeah. to, I guess, to remind listeners of of who they're, <laughs> they're listening to right now, right. I've got Corey Minton here, food writer and Toronto Star columnist, also Ennis Esmer, uh, TV and film actor. But uh, the reason that I have you both in here mm-hmm. is because Ennis, you are taking part in Live Below the Line, which is a campaign that's in its third year in Canada, it and is. you've actually taken part all three years. I didn't realize this. Yeah, I was asked by uh, former campaign manager Aaron Davini, who's a friend of mine from the Young People's Theater Summer Workshop of twenty years ago. 
uh, she does a lot of charity work and is involved in stuff like this. And she asked if I could get involved and get some other people that were on TV and had some sort of a profile to help drum up registration. It was our first year. It's also in the States and the UK and Australia. It's all over the place. So, yeah, this is my third year doing it. It's a challenge to live on a food budget of $1.75 a day over the course of five straight days. $1.75? Yeah. That is the adjusted barely... extreme poverty line right. defined sort of worldwide in Canada if you adjust for inflation. So $1.75 a day. Adjusted for the American or Canadian dollar. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, right. it's different in England. And uh, it basically the $1.75 amount represents what people who live below extreme poverty, that's their daily budget for food, rent, heat. Everything. Hydro, that's all, that's everything. Yeah. But for for the purposes of this campaign, the, it is yeah. your food budget. So $1.75, yeah, when you think about it, uh, doesn't really... It barely gets you a cup of coffee at the cheapest coffee place. Right. Exactly. So, you, you know, coffee's right off the table. For, as a, It's a non-starter for most people. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I've actually, I've, I've gotten a lot of people coming up and talking to me. They have great recipe recommendations on the on the uh, website. If you go to livebelowtheline.com slash CA. And uh, chefs from all around the city, all over the country have been contributing different menus, different ways. It's actually pretty impressive how much people can stretch that dollar. You know, and it's pretty amazing because I know that we've spoken before when you did Live Below the Line, yeah. so I'm thinking it was likely last year. And um, I, I'll i talk to you coming up after the break, I guess, about what you learned the past two years. Okay, you I've learned do, a bunch. <laughs> what you might do a little yeah. bit differently because now that you've done it twice and how challenging it was. Also, Corey's going to stick around because uh, you had uh, Colin Mockery over for a meal, and Colin is going to join the show as well, and he's doing the Live Below the Line Challenge. He's so our newest ambassador. He's yeah. the newest ambassador? Yeah. Okay, and then, uh, so Corey, I guess you made a meal that fit within this budget? I did, okay. based on some tips from Ennis. Yeah. All right, so we'll talk about that coming up after the break. Uh, so my guest right now, Corey Mintz, food writer and uh, Toronto Star columnist and uh, Raptors fan and actor, Ennis Esmer. You're listening to The Pay Chen Show on In-Depth Radio News Talk 1010. If you want to find podcasts of the show, you can find that in iTunes. You can also find it at uh, paychen.com. Show on In-Depth Radio, News Talk 1010. Welcome back to the show. Thanks for tuning in. My guest in studio with me right now, I've got Corey Mintz, Toronto Star columnist and a freelance food writer. We're going to talk about a story that you wrote for Toronto Life later on the show. About com. TorontoLife.com. Online. That's right. I'm contractually obligated to say that. Are you really? No, you're not. Did no. you say obligated? Bob. <laughs> It's a really specific contract. <laughs> yeah, I'm contractually obligated. <laughs> it's a thing that happens sometimes when you when you write for a lot of people. I'm really into the the instrumentals that you got coming out of commercial. You had Electric Relaxation, mm -hmm. Tribe well, Called Quest, uh, I Rock Boys in I the Building. I can take no credit for the music. That is all Elliot, who's my technical producer. He chooses Thank all you the for music. noticing. I appreciate Elliot, that. Killing it. Some most of the time the music is good. Sometimes Elliot plays things that I don't quite know. Well, Pay, maybe you need to get on Pitchfork and learn about the hottest new things. All right. I don't there you go. Know actually, but you're, but you're playing straight classics, son. That's true. I don't actually refer to Pitchfork's taste very much. But, I, yeah, you're right. I do, uh, yeah, I do the classics, the typically. Did, uh, there might be some Mad Lib coming up. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> you know, I ran into him at a taco place once. He was really nice. And were, were the tacos good? Um, yeah, they were really good. It was in uh, Los Angeles, Los California. Angeles. Thanks for dumbing That's it down. Yeah. very far away. Yeah. A lot oh. of people think I mean Louisiana when I say L.A. So the reason that you are in studio, Ennis, yes. Ennis Esmer is the other voice. The your pronunciation voice. is immaciate, by the way. Uh, of of your, my, my, my name, it's fantastic. I, I don't feel your name is difficult to say. Mm, 
Is it? It's, it's been butchered before somehow. What do you get sometimes? I don't want to get into it. <laughs> Actually, I, I've heard... I've, no, Easy. I have heard your first name butchered a little bit. Yeah. Anyway, Ennis is an actor, film, television, mm-hmm. Raptors fan, which we've discussed. Yep. Uh, and you're taking part in Live Below the Line, which is a uh, campaign in its third year in Canada. It's, it's uh, April... Tw- 27th to May 1st this year. And just give us a little recap, if you could, about uh, Live Below the Line. Uh, basically, it's an initiative. You know how they have uh, walkathons to raise money for different charities. Basically, the challenge is to live on a food budget of $1.75 per day for five straight days in order to experience what it's like to live at the extreme poverty line uh, in support of various chari- charities, basically all based in sub-Saharan Africa. I'll be uh, raising money for Raising the Village again, again this year, which... Um, serves to educate and provide infrastructure and a basis for people to build their own communities and improve their own standard of living in uh, parts of sub-Saharan Africa. There's another charity that uh, just basically distributes um, malaria-avoiding mosquito nets. So there's all kinds of good good uh, causes you can sign up for. Mm-mm. Pardon me. I just uh, got a little verklempt there. You really do sound horrible. Well, Getting, okay. Okay. It's a little, but you know what? We'll let someone take some of the uh, the talking away from you. Oh boy! Uh, actor and uh, writer, comedian Colin Mockery is also doing it. Hi, Colin. Who got Colin on the line? Colin. Ellie? Oh, Elliot's getting him on the line right now. Colin, help me out here, buddy. I can't help you, Ennis. It's it's all you. It's true. <laughs> He's just mad about the Raptors. So, Colin, this is your first year doing Live Below the Line, is that right? It is. It is the first year. Ennis had some uh, incriminating pictures and made me do it. <laughs> He's already been showing them to us, actually, in studio. Aren't they weird? A body's not supposed to bend like that. But uh, well, you know, you're I'm very a... flexible, Colin. Yes. I'm very proud of what I can do. <laughs> so, let, so how did you, I guess, decide to take part in Live Below the Line? Because I'm sure that you are asked to take part in a lot of different charitable events and organizations. And this one actually requires you to stick to a food budget of $1.75 a day. Um, so that's a bit of commitment. Why did you decide to agree to this? Um, I'm always, um, I, 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 as you say, I do get asked to do uh, quite a few things, but I'm always on the lookout for something that actually needs my help, where I can get the word out there. And, um, you, you know, there's a lot of great charities out there who have, uh, great spokespeople who do great work for them. Uh, Live Below Line is something that I, I think I can help with and um, get the word out there. Uh, the global poverty is, um, you know, it's staggering. And for five days, if I can, um, you know, go along with that and uh, sort of. Uh, get the, the word out there, I, I think that's a great thing. No, I think it's fantastic, too. And I know that Ennis has been um, sort of a, a great champion for this organization and this cause over the past few years. And uh, so basically what you do is you you are both ambassadors for Live yeah. Below the Line, yeah. and you're raising awareness and raising money. Because at three years in, it's still kind of a young organization, one that not is not on the tip of everyone's tongue. That's there's true. A, there's but, a lot of charities out there, and this may not be one that people are as familiar with. But I think Colin is the celebrity that this charity initiative deserves. Do you know what I mean? I think it's time we stepped it up a little bit. So that's what it was so gracious of Colin to join in. Like, I'm, you know, I'm on TV, but Colin's actually famous, so. Oh, I, you know, I'm an icon. I think we can all agree on that. Yeah. I think we yeah. can agree, and that, and it's, we don't even know how he got on TV. No. No, I, I think it's best we don't even get into particulars. I have a lot of people's incriminating photographs. <laughs> That's how it all works. So, uh, and Corey Mintz is here, and I know that uh, Corey had 
Colin over for breakfast recently, and that's going to be in an upcoming column, your Fed column. I did, and Colin was delightful. He was delightful. That was nice. Amazing uh, a breakfast. Did I uh, miss the invite there, or what happened? I you was, just weren't uh... invited because it was only for the icons. Oh, cool, cool, cool. Yeah, so. Cool. Um, Must have been fun. Which I heard it was things delicious. Things will take off for you soon. Oh, that's career. sweet. Thank you. What did you guys eat? <laughs> What did you? Because you actually tried to, to design something that was actually fit within the budget of Live Low Line, right? I did. I managed to almost. I, I managed to make breakfast for three people for I think two dollars and forty eight cents. Okay. Which is not bad. Yeah. Amazing. Um, but I mean, when we talked to, I mean, I contacted Esnes when someone from Live Below the Line contacted me because I know he's been representing it, and um, yeah, I felt like I could do something with that but I felt I mean usually was it people, a challenge for you well, when you realized you had this budget to stick to yeah it's a huge challenge I mean for me as a cook and I have experience as a cook and a food writer and you know most people don't and normally when people are coming over to my house for dinner I'll serve three or four courses and you know and I want people to have a nice time uh, I realize obviously that would be in bad taste mm -hmm. and so I should try also to fit within this challenge and my first thought was just beans you know the fact that like Dried beans are, are a thing that most people aren't familiar with cooking. It's a lot easier to open a can, but you can save a whole lot of money by buying They're much dried cheaper beans. to buy them dry, aren't they? So much. And the labor is not complicated. You basically pour water over beans, let them soak overnight, and boil them. And now you've got four times as many beans. It's just that most people don't plan that far ahead. No, but you've got to, don't you, Ennis, when you're figuring out five days of living on that kind of budget? It's true. I have uh, Some of the other ambassadors that we've worked with, uh, Matt Perriman, Naomi Sneakers, who are also very talented improvisers and actors uh, um, in Canada, They've uh, they went and did stuff. We shopped as a team, and actually just being able to find things that we could split, you know, a half bag of spinach or three bananas amongst the three of us, things like that. You really do have to prepare in advance, and it's pretty inspiring to see people that have just on their own in groups of 10 to 20 people, they go to Bulk Barn, they go to Dollarama, and they find ways to stretch that dollar as much as possible. I, on the other hand, you know, between all the campaigning and shooting videos and things like that, kind of underestimated how difficult it was gonna be, so there was a lot of last minute uh, packs of ramen noodles and really trying to make uh, dried lentils. You know, it's another thing you can really turn into a lot of bulk, but I'm gonna try to focus a bit more on creating a meal that I actually want to eat as opposed to just sustenance, which kind of underscores the point of the whole thing is that when you're living at the extreme poverty line, you're not thinking about food as something you enjoy. You're thinking about just basically making your stomach stop growling. Right, just to have something to eat. So now, yeah. Colin, this being your first year doing the challenge, what are your plans to feed yourself on $1.75 a day? Um, well, a lot of grains. Mm -hmm. uh, quinoa, which is a word I just really uh, learned uh, a few months ago. <laughs> uh, lentils. Um it's it's going to be um, a lot of improvising with within a, a, a limited uh, scope. I'm I'm pretty excited. I mean, mm. the the thing about this is we know we're going for five days. You know, there's, right? You know, there's an end to it. Exactly. You know, there's over a billion people who don't have that. So um, for us, it's just figuring out how to how to do that. It's um, it's amazing when you think that. People are, this is their daily life. This is something that they're going through day by day by day by day. Well, I'm just looking at some facts, and it's uh, estimated that 1.2 billion people worldwide live in extreme poverty. That's a staggering number. Mm -hmm. so, and now, do you cook normally, Colin? Yes, I'm the cook in our family. Okay, so you might have some creative skills up your sleeve to make something taste a little, not so terrible. Uh, I'm very good at making things, because I'm also Scottish, so I'm very cheap. 
Oh. <laughs> so I've uh, yeah, found ways to uh, make it last for a long time. Excellent. Oatmeal. Yeah. Oh, well, I figure oatmeal and uh, beans, I feel like, are, are going to be some of the staples because they, they fill you up. Yes. I'm going to have one of the cleanest colons in Toronto, I believe, for this entire thing. Jeez. If there's anything good that can, that why, can come up. Why do you think I recruited you in the first place, Colin? Thank you. Yeah. I appreciate it. Spread that word. So now, uh, did you get any inspiration from dining at Corey's place? And actually, what did Corey serve? I know beans, but what, what was it? Tortillas or eggs? or It was what did a you uh, quesadilla. Oh, that's nice. I believe, mm. uh, and it was um, it was inspiring. I thought, oh, this is uh, this is something I would never ever make for myself, but this will go. Uh, I'm guessing three, maybe four meals. Well, depending on getting bored of it or not, but uh, you will get the recipe in the column, which is I think this week or next week. It's whenever the the campaign launches. But I did some uh, pinto beans mm-hmm. and black beans that I did like a refried bean style. Some tortillas, which I based it on, I think, nine cents a tortilla. Right. And I made a hot sauce out of uh, roasted carrots and a habanero pepper that I got for 12 cents. It was amazing. Yeah, it sounds like a really great meal that I missed. It was great. Oh, my God. invite for. Thanks, guys. Again, it was a breakfast for the icons. Mm, Yeah. Sir Colin and I had a great, great time. Next time. Cool, cool. Sir Colin, that's good. And it's when you start to do more um, television and become more famous, you can can eat at Corey's place. Yeah, sure. Sure. Yeah, Yeah, if Red Hooks gets a second. You have to apply yourself a little bit. Red Hooks. Thanks, Colin. Thanks a lot. It's turned into a roast. It's fantastic. Just, just a little bit. Dollar seventy-five um, roast. Well, we want to remind people too. Uh, you know that, that you are raising awareness. You're trying to raise money as well. Uh, people can still sign up if they feel like they could do this. Ch- I know that most people think, I don't want to live on a dollar seventy-five a day. But you're yeah. saying try it for five days just to challenge yourself. Exactly. I mean, if you want to uh, donate money to a campaign, there's a lot of different companies sort of popping up doing their own internal fundraising. You can search for me or Colin, uh, whichever one of us you like the most, I would say, probably. Well, whichever one is more known. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, the one that's known, it's like enough already. You know what I mean? Let's get, right. let's give the upstart some... Uh... Some love. But if you want to sign up for it, you don't actually have to do it just from April 27th to May 1st. You can do it the week after. Uh, it's a pretty lenient schedule. That's sort of the drive-focused week, but you have a lot of time. So, uh, yeah, go to livebelowtheline.com slash CA to sign up and see if you can do the challenge. There's recipes on there. All sorts yeah. of chefs have contributed ideas. It's 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 supposed to be fun. It's supposed to help raise awareness. And if all that comes out of it is you raise some money and you also have the perspective to appreciate your lot in life versus somebody else's and we've done our jobs. Yeah, and I think there's a great community as well to follow along. So you've got Ennis and Colin and other great ambassadors that you can um, you know, follow as they do their challenge for $1.75 a day. Thanks so much for joining us, uh, Colin. Appreciate it. Oh, Best of luck. So uh, Ennis, I guess we bid adieu to you because you are not staying for the next yeah, segment. It's which like Corey's a trap doing. door opening underneath me. You guys are ruthless. <laughs> Thank you for joining me tonight, Thank you so Ennis. much for having me. Again, uh, with livebelowtheline.com slash CA. Uh, after the break, Corey's going to stick around to talk about a story he wrote for torontolife.com that looks into the very dirty and disturbing world of uh, the way the shrimp is caught. That you're, I kind of mixed up my words. Um, the, the shrimp that's on your dinner plate. Also, Dan Donovan from Toronto Seafood Shop Hooked Inc. will tell us what you should be asking when you're buying your seafood and what the better options are. You're listening to the Pay Chen Show on In Depth Radio News Talk 1010. You're listening to the Pay Chen Show on In Depth Radio News Talk 1010. Thanks for tuning in. I'm pa- Corey Mintz is asking me a question, but I can't hear him. Uh, 
I'm Faye Chen here until 9 p.m. If you want to find podcasts of the show, you can find them on iTunes or on my website, paychen.com. You can also text in during the show at 71010 and interact with uh, myself and the guests if you like, or if you have a question. Um, the shrimp that you like eating at buffets or you buy frozen in the bags, you know, usually for about $10 or less sometimes. Well, there is um, kind of a dirty history behind it. Food writer and Toronto Star columnist Corey Mintz, he wrote about the dark side of the shrimp industry for torontolife.com because you moonlight, you have so much time and you write for other people. Um, and you also talk to some of the Toronto chefs and restaurant owners about their shrimp sources. And to help us understand the story and uh, equip us with better options, and tell us what sort of questions we should be asking. Dan Donovan from the sustainable seafood store Hooked Inc. is here as well. Hooked Inc., two locations, one in Leslieville, one in Kensington Market. So thank you both for joining me. Thank you, Corey, for sticking around. You can't get rid of me. No, I've tried, but... Uh... <laughs> What's the segment after this? What are we going to talk about? Because I'm staying until midnight. Are you, gonna, you can stay as long yeah. as you want. The guys will love it. Everyone doing a show after this will be so happy to have company in, yeah. in the studio. So let's give listeners a little bit of a backstory. Uh, we know that most of the shrimp that we eat is caught somewhere else. Somewhere kind of far away. And it's a good that it just, <laughs> it just ends up frozen at the grocery store in a bag, or it ends up on the plate of food we eat at a restaurant. So what... I guess, compelled you to look into this a little bit more? Well, it started for me uh, eating shrimp one night. I think it was some kind of special occasion around the Christmas Valentine's uh, triangle. And, uh, and my girlfriend, Victoria, wanted uh, shrimp. And I said, sure, you know, that's a special occasion thing. I think I was sort of trying to imply, you know, that's an expensive thing. And, uh, <laughs> and I got like a pound of this beautiful Argentine red shrimp that I probably paid 20 to $25 a pound. And we... I fried it up with a little lemon and chili and garlic. We ate a whole pound of it, and it was great. And we were talking about it, and she said, why, why is shrimp so expensive? And I sort of started to answer, and I said, I have half an answer, but I think there's a much longer answer. And I went into uh, my fishmongers and started a longer conversation about it. Because I have read a few stories just within the past year, um, international news stories about uh, the, the the slave labor, essentially, mm -hmm. uh, in Asia, uh, the people that are sold, um, sometimes often lied to, bought to work on these shrimp farming boats in Vietnam, boats? and well, there's Indonesia. Uh, I guess. There was two reports. One was last year from uh, the Guardian, and it uncovered slave labor on boats that were catching bycatch that was then being ground down and used in food for the shrimp farms. And then this year, there was a separate story recently by, I believe, the AP, and it was about people specifically catching, I mean, a whole bunch of species, but specifically shrimp that, you know, got on the boats, and we're talking about Vietnam and Thailand, and mm -hmm. it gets into the supply chain, and as Dan can explain better than me, it all gets collected in these places where it's sorted by size, frozen in blocks, so you can't really trace So it's hard it to know where that particular shrimp may have come from, because it's, I guess, they're put together. Is that how it works, Dan? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Um, it's interesting listening to your description of it because I think we're seeing it in all kinds of industries. The garment industry certainly, you know, mm -hmm. came under the spotlight last year. And I think if most people really step back and look at, you know, a two ninety nine t shirt or four ninety nine <laughs> a pound shrimp, you've gotta wonder the conditions under which it was made and 
you know, was everybody paid a, a fair wage and treated properly? Mm -hmm. And if just imagine the labor of anything. Exactly. Could you could you do that and produce it for two ninety nine and ship it halfway around the world? Mm -hmm. Right, and I think, uh, and Corey, in the story that you wrote, you pulled something from the Guardian uh, report, which said that Burmese and Cambodian immigrants were forced to work. 20-hour days on Thai and Indonesian boats. Bed stimulants, yeah. beaten. They were beaten, chained, murdered. Like, this is really extreme abuse. Yeah. And not... this is to catch cheap seafood, essentially. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the name of the game. It is, it's just about the lowest common denominator. And I had, I had someone from one of these companies actually contacted me after that article went online to say, you know, we, we have, as, as been discussed in the media, been been investigating labor issues and the mm -hmm. email said labor issues four or five times and I just emailed it back to say, what labor issues? Because we're avoiding the word slavery here and you know. Uh, well, because labor just sounds like it's something we're working on and maybe it's a union thing. This isn't a dispute over hours. We're talking about as barbaric a practice but, as possible. But that was really the hook that got me interested. I mean, the, the concept of like at the lower depths of depravity, just how awful it could be. But then once I started talking around, I mean, I don't think that's really emblematic of what's happening uh, across the industry. And there was, you know, once I started talking to to Dan and and some chefs who source from all these different little locations across uh, North America and South America, there's so many problems that result in this this being both. Uh, a thing that we love to eat and is mm -hmm. more popular than it ever has been. At the same time, uh, there are such dwindling prospects for getting it from good sources. Um, so, Dan, where does most of the shrimp that we buy, where does that come from? So I'm thinking of when I go to my grocery store and it's sitting there frozen in a bag, easy for me to take home. Um, it's going to come from the Far East somewhere. Um, Vietnam is, is, a, is a major producer. Uh, India is a large producer. You're starting to see a lot more production even in Central and South America. Uh, Indonesia is was a major supplier to Canada. It seems to have uh, has has moved into the U.S. now that that supply. Um, although you do see higher quality product from from North America uh, that comes into Canada. Oddly enough, we export almost all of our shrimp. Really? Yeah. Oddly enough, to China and to Japan. Mm -hmm. why, is that why? because we Canadians won't pay the higher cost for keeping Pretty much. it? Okay. Yeah, yeah. In fact, it's interesting. There's a, a really great product uh, that comes from. That's called, it's called Northern Shrimp, or it was called Rock Shrimp in the main area, um, and all it, it, entirely that catch is landed in Nova Scotia, processed, shipped to the United States, and then on to uh, to the Far East. And it's a pricing issue. Mm -hmm. uh, Canadians don't want to pay that price for it. And uh, we couldn't find space for it, I think, in the final edit. But um, Rob Gentile, the, sh the chef at the Buca restaurants, talked a lot about there's a lot of product that, because we're unfamiliar with it or we don't appreciate its value, it just gets bought by Japan or another country that says, we know how good that stuff is. Yeah. And we'll, and we'll pay, pay for premium, it. premium, right. Yeah. Um, so, Dan, for people who are you know, just looking for uh, easy dinner, and that's sometimes why you buy the bag of shrimp. What should we be looking for? Look for origin. Um, I try to get it as close to home as possible. There is quite a bit of product that still lands in Canada, mostly from BC. Um, you get product from the Gulf. Uh, any U.S.-based product is uh, is probably a better choice. 
generally speaking, if it's going to come from North America, you're assured of quality, you're assured of labor practices, and a lot more transparency in the supply chain. So Once should we... Once it goes beyond that, right. uh, it's very difficult to see all the way through. Would you suggest that we try to avoid buying the shrimp from Vietnam, Indonesia, Thailand? I'll go on record as saying that. Yeah. Because, well, that's where the sh where we can't quite trace the origins of the shrimp. And, and that's where we know that there have been some slave issues. That's right. Now, having said that, um, there's an awful lot of work being done in that area uh, to, to, to clean up practices and deliver a good product. So I think in very short order, we'll see good, clean product coming from the Far East that's traceable and certifiable, et cetera. Um, I think that market will respond very quickly. Okay. Um, we're going to take a quick break here, but I'd love it if you would both just stick around for a few more minutes so we could wrap like up I the story. Like I told you, I'm and not going anywhere. <laughs> Corey's here until midnight. I forgot about yep. that. Um, and uh, maybe just be able to help out our listeners a little bit more so that they can decipher the labels. And also, I'd like to ask you um, if you can give us some advice on what we should ask when we're buying our seafood and also what we should ask when we're at the restaurants because that can get a little bit confusing. And as Corey <laughs> found out, sometimes you ask the question, but you don't always get the, you don't always get the answer. Sure. Uh, you're listening to the Pay Chen Show on In-Depth Radio News Talk 1010. Taking a quick break. We'll be right back. This is the Pay Chen Show on In-Depth Radio News Talk 1010. We're continuing our conversation um, about sort of the shrimp industry, seafood in general. I'll open that up a little bit because I have Dan Donovan here, who's the co-owner of uh, the sustainable seafood store Hooked Inc. They've got two locations, one in Leslieville, one in Kensington Market. And uh, the reason we're talking about this is because Corey Mintz, who's a food writer, uh, happened to write a great story for torontolife.com where you talked a little bit about the questionable... Uh, practices, I guess, in some Asian countries in terms of how they farm and gather the, the shrimp the that we eat. The many conflicts. Well, there's the fact that a lot of them are, are using slaves and beating them, killing them, starving them. There's it's, it's very extreme. It's not just, as we were saying before the break, quote unquote, a little bit of a labor issue. It's it is a serious upon, issue. Least, yeah. um, and so th that is the reason why sometimes we can buy shrimp for $10 a bag. And uh, we're trying to find out what our better options are. So, Dan, you were saying, you know, if we try to find our shrimp from North American sources, that's a better bet. Perhaps avoid the food, that the, the seafood from Indonesia, Vietnam, Thailand, uh, if you want to feel comfortable with your choices. What should we ask when we're shopping, Dan? Well, I think you want to know where it came from. Um, I think you also want to be, I think like a lot of things, you want to be aware when the price seems really attractive. Mm -hmm. uh, there's generally something up there. It shouldn't be so cheap, should it? Yeah, yeah. I think that's uh, that's a good flag. Um, but you want to know where it came from. Uh, if you'd like to know a little bit about the fishery, it's a really, it's, the seafood industry and shrimp in particular is a very, very complex subject. And there's a lot of things to be looking for and a lot of information to kind of glean through. And all the time I'm asked for, you know, what's the thing to ask? What are the three things to look for? And I, I've I keep pushing that back because it's not a, there's no simple answer to this, and increasingly, I think the simple answer is scale. Mm -hmm. If it comes from a smaller place, smaller producer, you're probably going to get a better product than if it comes from a larger industrial kind of operation. 
Okay. Um, so I think scales is a is a good is a good thing to look for. Um, and Corey, as part of your story, you went and you talked to some uh, Toronto chefs and restaurant owners about where they about where their shrimp comes from. And what did you find? Uh, most of them were very transparent with me, and I appreciated that. And I found, um, you know, the ones who cared about where their shrimp and everything else was coming from wanted to talk to me, and I spent 45 minutes each on the phone with them, and those who didn't were pretty eager not to talk about it or even return my phone calls. Uh, ultimately, though, we, we got an answer out of everybody. I'm not sure if you wanted me to specifically name the restaurants because, you know, I, I picked 10 restaurants. You, yeah, you picked 10 restaurants, uh, but I'm, there's a few that are doing great uh, work in terms of knowing where their seafood comes from. I think it's fair to say Buka, for example. Absolutely. Um, so Rob Cotilli. Uh, there are a few Chase. others. Yeah. And then, uh, but I believe one restaurant may even be changing their supplier because of some stuff that you brought to their attention. Yeah. Uh, so Rock Lobster, which initially the chef gave me an answer as to where their shrimp coming from that proved to not be actually where their shrimp was coming from. Hopefully that was just a miscommunication. But, um, you know, he, well, I haven't spoken with him since then, but I had a friend who was there for dinner and he said that the server came to the table and unbidden just follow, volunteer the information. We don't have shrimp tonight because we're changing our suppliers. So if they are making that change, that's great. Yeah. Well, and I think um, it's fair to say that some of the chefs you spoke to believed what their supplier was telling them. So, yeah. You yeah. Know. And I did have that experience where, you know, it does go back to traceability and the, the possibility of it. Because I certainly had someone who I think believed she was getting a better quality of shrimp. And then I got the number from her for her supplier. She was happy for me to talk to her supplier who told me, sorry, that's not the case. But, right. you know, the, the price is usually all the tip off you really need about that. And as a consumer in a restaurant, if your server, let alone talking to the chef, is, you know, unable or unwilling to tell you where something comes from, well, that's a pretty big tip-off. So do you eat shrimp as often now? I stopped eating shrimp as a regular thing once uh, Dan's fish shop moved into the neighborhood <laughs> and started offering all sorts of things, and shrimp suddenly became a thing. I realized this is a special occasion. The, uh, ingredient. I, I love shrimp. I, so do know. I. I used to eat it all the time. But then when I read <laughs> the first story about a year ago, I no longer buy frozen in the bag. I still love to eat it, but I have to, it's now something that I can afford to um, eat less of because I want to buy a better quality product. If you so. are enjoying your life less than my work here is done. <laughs> <laughs> Famous words by Corey Mintz. Thank you both for joining me tonight. That's Dan Donovan from Hooked Inc. You can find his shops in Leslieville, also Kensington Market, and uh, Toronto Star columnist Corey Mintz. People can find you everywhere. Is that correct? Absolutely everywhere. Yes. Just go down the street. I'm there. Uh, you're listening to the Patreon show on In-Depth Radio News Talk 1010. Very quick break, and then Vinny White is in studio. He's back from his travels. We're going to find out what he's been up to, and uh, he's actually already in studio looking very excited for this conversation. We'll <laughs> be back right after this. You're listening to the Pay Chen Show on In-Depth Radio, News Talk 1010. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. PayChen.com is the website. You can also find podcasts there. Also in iTunes, at PayChen on uh, Twitter and Instagram. Vinny White is back. He's been away for many, many weeks. Three. Many, yeah. How was the show? Because you did my show while I was gone, didn't you? 
I did. And everyone, millions of people text in, that's not true. Mm. Um, just loving it. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm sure they're really happy to have you back. <laughs> I'm sure you did a good job, if I may be so Well, bold. and you know what? You get to do two hours next week because I'm going home. I'm going to uh, Nova Scotia for a week. So uh, Vinny's going to fill in. It's rare that we're in the same place at the same time, isn't it, nowadays? It's almost like we could be the same person. and One of uh, us is better looking. You decide. That would be me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'll go with it. Like, <laughs> you know what? This is radio. Yeah, so I'm going home to see my folks. And um, do your parents, are they like internet savvy and smartphone savvy, that sort of thing? Mm, yeah, kind. I mean, it's not smartphone savvy, but my mum's on Facebook, if that matters. Well, cause the thing is, is that my both my parents have really, really old uh, flip phones. Like they're falling apart. They're many years old so they need to be replaced and my mother is is fixated on having an iphone because she just knows that it's kind of fancy and it emails and it does stuff that she doesn't ever need to do like she doesn't even understand the fact that just because you have an iphone or any smartphone you also need to have that data package right you don't just have the phone and everything works but i the last time i was home i tried to find new flip phones for them like with large buttons they're impossible to find. Mm. You cannot find simple phones, cell phones that are just for phone calls anywhere. They're all um, like touchscreen or they're Blackberries, like with tiny little buttons. Mm. So if I were a company, I would be making phones that they look like, um, like probably like play school toys because they yeah. have giant buttons. My, Duplo you know, bricks with big colors. Yeah. Yes, because they're like. They can't see properly either when the buttons are so small. Um, but near impossible, actually, to be able to replace it. So uh, my mom called because my dad now has a smartphone. Within 24 hours, I had a five-minute butt-dialed voicemail on my <laughs> phone. So I think the first thing I want to teach them how to do is is lock. Uh, this is how you lock Well, put, a, put an auto lock on it after a minute. Yeah, something because that's a long distance call that he's making. What would be good actually butt. is if they, you know, like there's a switch on the side to mute it. Mm-hmm. It'd be good if you could just push that switch the other way, and it went into old people mode. Old people mode. And all the buttons got bigger, more colourful, more user friendly. It could you know? just transform. What's coming up on your show? Uh, stuff that's better than your show. Well, I talked about slaves. Upbeat. And shrimp. Okay. <laughs> I didn't know they were shrimp slaves. Oh, is it, are they disconnected? No, they they are connected. Uh, actually, so I heard something. I shouldn't mock because it was actually more quite... North American. Uh, seafood and, and shrimp. I just think it's an important thing because it's something people eat a lot of. I know, I shouldn't mock because it is a very serious issue and a, one that I'm glad you brought to the attention of the fine and intelligent listeners. Appreciate As for that. my show, I'll be talking about other stuff. Probably a bit funny stuff. I'm going to do a man test to find out if I'm manly and so is Elliot, my producer. I can tell you that the answer is probably no. <laughs> Vinny White's coming up next, everyone. Uh, have a great night and uh, I'm away next week, but you can follow along Lazy. at Pay Chen or paychen.com. And uh, I'll be back in May.